Now, why do we say love is a garden? Well, after all, the whole love story of the human race began in the garden. Their love was at its peak, and then it went into decline. And then finally, love was reaffirmed again in the garden. Hello, my name is Stephen Dunn, and you're listening to another episode of Unadulterated Theology, where I'd like to start a tradition on this podcast, which is perhaps a little bit different. Now, every week on this podcast, to make an announcement here forward, I'd like to write a personalized letter to various individuals in the adult entertainment industry, which contain various reflections, lamentations, encouragements, and prayers for the individuals mentioned. Now, a few things have been pressing on my heart to create this sort of practice. One of my favorite saints of the church is St. Vitalis of Gaza, who is otherwise better known as the patron saint of prostitutes and day laborers. Now, though there is very little that we know about Vitalis, some historical accounts tell us that the saint in old age left his life as a hermit in order to travel to Alexandria, Egypt, to which he eventually acquired a notorious reputation for taking prostitutes back to private quarters. However, Vitalis was not paying for sex, but rather imploring with these women to accept what payment he had available, to which it was said that he would work all day for a certain handful of wages. I believe these counts refer to beans as the form of payment, and he would have had uh, one small portion left for himself to eat, but the rest went to the prostitutes. And he implored them to accept whatever payment he had available and to spend the night with him in prayer, imploring them not to fall into sin being left to the streets. And so while the prostitutes slept, Vitalis would stay up all night praying for them, reading passages from the Psalms and the New Testament. Now, he continued this practice for some time until he learned the names of every prostitute in the city, a scandal which would have eventually cost him his life. He was actually struck on the head and killed, um, his dead body found in a jail cell. Now, to the surprise of many, I'm sure then as even modern ears now, the prostitutes whom Vitalis had stayed up all night praying for appeared at the saint's funeral, paying homage to the grace and kindness he once showed them. Now, as to whether or not these women themselves became saved, I can't really comment on that, so um, I just, I don't quite know. <laughs> now, seeing a professing Christian go out into the city every single night and coming away with a different woman for an evening to themselves must have been absolutely scandalous, and I'm sure that's probably an understatement. But what amazes me is the mode by which Vitalis impacted this dimension of public life. That is, he came to know their names. I imagine that there are seldom, few if any at all, Christian outlets, platforms, or otherwise that are actually mentioning porn stars, escorts, directors, and adult entertainers by name. I don't deny that there may, that there may very well be some that do this. However, I could further imagine that those Christians who do are doing so mostly from the vantage point of objectivity. The woman or man before them isn't man or woman as such. Made in the image of God, yes, but not someone whose reality I can actually engage with. That is, they are someone who is only an object of my understanding, not an object of my love. Now, with that said, I'd actually like to move now to my reading of a letter that I wrote to Mercedes Grabowski, otherwise known as the adult film store August Ames, and who actually died in December of 2017. Now, I wrote this letter just before her birthday uh, this past August and was directed as a prayer uh, for her and a lamentation for her husband, Kevin Moore. Um, who is really the only person I care uh, that reads this letter and listens to this pos podcast episode. So that's kind of who this is addressed to. So kind of moving on to that then. 
It's hard to say what has compelled me to write this. Uh, I can't really even say much of it myself, but I will certainly try my best. At times, I think we are going out and about in the world, walking to and from various destinations, making appointments, succumbing to various distractions and evasions and so on, until eventually, amidst these sort of automatic motions, we sometimes are hit with a waft of spirit. To reasons unbeknownst to me, I recently came across the work of John Ronson, acclaimed British-American journalist who can be accredited for two of my recent bombardings with him, his e-books The Butterfly Effect and The Last Days of August. Now, the latter has somewhat accounted for the backbone of my coming forward with this letter. And I don't want to say anything specific of the work here because I was aware of Grabowski's death when the event took place in December of 2017. But I just wanted to mention in passing that reviewing the more crucial details surrounding um, the circumstances has led me to lament further into written word, um, now spoken word, uh, some thoughts that have been sitting with me. Now, Mercedes Grabowski was an adult porn actress, better known to the industry and the world by the pseudonym August Ames. Consequently, her birthday is around the corner from the time of my writing this, which is August 23rd. Now, we would have been roughly the same age since my birthday has... Um, excuse me, since my birthday was somewhat after hers in December of the same year, 1994. Now, whether one knows of her work or not, has heard of her name or not, there is no argument that Mercedes was a beautiful young woman. As Kierkegaard often quipped in some of his works, such beauty of women are the, quote, contents of sonnets. As Ronson has rightly said, what precisely is the tragedy behind some of these young women's premature deaths is that they aren't really treated as people. Now, for example, Ronson mentions the analogy of how strange it would be to name a deer that you had shot, killed, and were going to eat. And I think Ronson was onto something very important with this admission. What is convenient for some, if not most, individuals is to retreat and view models, um, porn stars, actresses, people in the business as merely something behind the screen. They are not reality, but are rather branded personality. It becomes easy to distance ourselves and ridicule them because they really aren't like us. Now, I recently had the opportunity to dine with a close friend of mine whose wife happens to work or has worked in the adult industry. I, of course, consider them both friends as they are married and I can't separate one from the other. But for those of you familiar with my YouTube channel, I won't mention the husband's name here, even though it's not really a secret. Uh, what was once a screen to me suddenly became real. Not too many people are afforded the luxury I've experienced because God, as I understand it, actually orchestrated the means for me to see a sort of pseudo-incarnation happen in the making. That is to say, just as Jesus Christ was the Word that became flesh, so too is Christ incarnated in the hearts of men. Which is to say that this transfer of image to flesh was so impactful to my spirituality that I really haven't stopped thinking God since. I am constantly being broken down by God in this area, that such a subject as pornography might be used for my own piety and declaration of, of God's own glory is really something that exposes me to incessant tears. These tears, although grounded in unending joy, are nonetheless intermixed with blood, real suffering, real brokenness, and real pain. I have no interest for any other listener's attention, God bless you nonetheless, than Kevin Moore, Grabowski's husband. Unlike Vice, Rolling Stone, YouTube, The Daily Blast, and a host of others, I have nothing to report. I have no details worth mulling over. There are no additions, 
no footnotes, no considerations, and above all, no controversy. What has stood out to me about this whole event was the manner with which she decided to let the world know about her mental history. Now this may sound strange, and forgive my saying so, but there has always been something peculiar to me about the relationship, the duality perhaps, between sex and death. Because sex is that which gives life, whereas death is what takes it. Pornography turns the quintessentially private act into a public one. Conversely, suicide turns the quintessentially private thoughts of an individual into public ones. Grabowski's death by asphyxiation in a public park raised heart-wrenching questions for me. What was she thinking on her drive to the park? What thoughts provoked her? Um, tears for that morning. Why this way and not another? As one of my favorite song lyrics put it better before I did, quote, you live in a fancy apartment off the Boulevard St. Michel where you keep your Rolling Stones records and a friend of Sasha Distel. Yes, you do. But where do you go to, my lovely, when you're alone in your bed? Tell me the thoughts that surround you. I want to look inside your head. Yes, I do. Now, it's so strange that a philosophy of religion blog would be involved with such material as I'm writing or speaking about, and I can't explain it, as I've said. These thoughts are just the product of the rumblings I've experienced in the world of spirit. That is, the Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard once spoke of the various instances in life in which we are given glimpses of spirit. Now, by spirit, Kierkegaard was not referring to some kind of ghost or spiritual being, but he was rather referring to the self, Spirit, he said, is that which relates itself to its own self. That is, we are all comprised of body and soul. However, the relation of body and soul is spirit. Now, not the relation itself, but spirit consists in the fact of the relation between body and soul. Now, we oftentimes encounter the world of spirit in, ver in various ways, through a poem, whether comical or tragic through art, whether by music or by a painting, through love, whether through conjugal, marital love, or even romantic love. Examples abound. In this instance, I experienced a waft of spirit when I heard the story of Mercedes Grabowski. To her family, to Kevin and others, I really can only bow my head and remain silent. I pray that the God of all comfort would attend and care for those who are suffering, Grabowski and others included. I am an avid lover and believer in the image bearers of God. God knew Mercedes better than she knew herself. For this reason, I am following the scent with which God's care has extended to even those with which we don't readily want to see as actual people, with real sufferings, real insecurities, and real shortcomings. I further and finally pray that God's loving kindness would bring all relevant individuals to repentance in Christ. As God well reminds us in Joel 2, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust.